Minutes go by so very, very, very quickly, and uh, I was here trying to get some things ready to go, and I look at my clock, and it's six o'clock already. But here we are; we are we are live, we are alive, and uh, we are ready to get into our study. I do want to apologize to you. I realized yesterday that I probably had not communicated very well the fact that. Uh, uh, and I, in fact, frankly, I hadn't thought about it, um, really, the fact that uh, yesterday was a holiday, but I, uh, I I, do need to try to lean into the holidays when there is a holiday, just for a little bit of soul relief, a little bit of uh, rest, a little bit of other focus. And so my apologies, especially to Don, who was up and uh, ready to roll yesterday. So anytime there's a federal holiday like that, just plan. I'm probably not going to be here um, 
And there's a lesson for all of us in this. Just just the idea of trying to lean into some rest wasn't really a restful day, but it was a different day. I got up and helped with the puppies and did the puppy stuff at at uh, uh, early morning hours yesterday morning, and then tried to go back and get a little bit of rest. And, and uh, today begins the uh, start of classes for New England Bible College and Seminary. So we're in my mind. I'm getting ready for a a, a very busy day today, uh, and kind of need to lean into that. We needed to go spend some time praying with a family yesterday, a family outside of our church, but a family connected to our family uh, personally. And uh, the wife, in this case, has uh, cancer in, in many, many locations in her body, and. Uh, so we wanted to go and spend some time with that family and pray with them and uh, and be with them and care with them and share with them yesterday. Uh, but then this morning, as soon as we're off the broadcast, I'll be in the car on my way to Portland, uh, not teaching this semester, but doing strictly administrative work and fundraising and things of that nature. But I'll be in Portland this morning, Bangor tonight, and uh, lots of travel today. Excited for it, though. Would you please pray for New England Bible College that we would uh, see all that God wants us to see in New England and in Maine in particular, Um, everything from numbers of students to uh, the focus to impact to uh, pastors being prepared and, and other workers being prepared to work in local churches, you know, there are so many churches that do not have pastors right now and uh, all over the place. And there are some churches that have what used to be the old Methodist uh, uh, form of pastorate where they had a charge, two or three different churches that a pastor pastored. And uh, a pastor would go to one church early morning, go to a second church by mid-morning, and then maybe a, a third church by late morning. And uh, that that's the way that some churches, even in the state of Maine, function. But pray that we would be um, all that God wants us to be uh, and that you're a part of that. Because of your relationship, your association with me and with this church, you are a part of that. Uh, and uh, it, it could have a global scope uh, in the future. Right now, we're just trying to make sure we're doing things well here in the state of Maine. So pray. Please pray, pray for me. It's it's going to be a very very busy year. I'm excited about the year. Uh, excited about the disciple making impact that uh, can be had. But uh, I do want to request your prayers. Also, I noted during the night uh, or this morning when I got up early, uh, the prayer for prayer request for a young fellow named Connor. Connor is the. Um, I believe it was nephew of Jen Thompson, but has a very, very serious uh, jaw uh, infection, mastoiditis it's called, and jaw, face, all of that. And he just had started preschool. Uh, and so I would ask you to pray for uh, pray for Connor, if you would please, uh, who, who needs our prayers and... Uh, Uh, as he is facing the things that he is facing. So, Lord, we come to you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the family of God. Thank you that we can pray together. Thank you that we can study together. Thank you that we can learn together. 
Uh, and Lord, it's my prayer that uh, as we spend some time this morning looking at your word, that we would be encouraged, that we would be inspired, that we would be refreshed, uh, that we would be strengthened uh, as we look at your word. May your Holy Spirit, in fact, be our teacher. Uh, Lord, as we pray this morning, we, we do want to pray for the start of classes at uh, New England Bible College, uh, that you would um, strengthen each professor and another situation where we have uh, folks working for far less than what they're worth, but Lord, that you'd strengthen each professor, that you would uh, inspire each student, uh, and that, Father, that this would be the beginning of a year of flourishing for New England Bible College and seminary in Portland, Bangor. Fayette, Lewiston, and soon Rockland. So, Lord, that you would uh, pray your blessings today. Um, and I, I ask for your strength uh, for our leader, Terry Smith, for, for myself, for Dan Moore, our other uh, dean, that you would uh, just give us wisdom, Lord. We want to pray for Connor uh, and this mastoiditis that he has, this little fellow, Lord, just just can't imagine the, the, the pain. And we pray that you would bring, bring swift relief not only relief, but healing to him as well. We lift him to you. Lord, others that have recently had wing surgery, we think of Virgil and we think of uh, uh, Kip Littlefield, a few others here locally that have had uh, rotator cuff surgery. Lord, that you would strengthen them, help them to be smart about things and not do anything foolish uh, as uh, they heal. Lord, now as we look at your word, would you be our guide, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. How about you? What did you do yesterday? I, I, hopefully you took a little bit of time to to lean into a little bit of rest or something different or to not do some work or um, those types of things. I, I did some different things yesterday. Again, we went and visited a family out in the Knox area and uh, spent some time with them and did some housework, took care of the puppies, took a little bit of rest I actually ended up being a pretty busy day. Again, it was all said and done. But hopefully you had a good time this weekend. Um, maybe some of you went away, went camping, did something like that. Uh, that, that hopefully it was a good weekend for you. Uh, we're going to study the life of Christ. And Jessica's saying, work as usual. And, so, and we're thankful. We're thankful for places that were open. Uh, we didn't go up to any restaurants or anything. I'm trying to get back in uh, onto the keto wagon here with my wife, who's done such a phenomenal job. Uh, but we know you go to a store that's open, and th we're thankful, grateful for those people who were at work yesterday. And uh, so thank you, Jessica. Although we didn't go to your place of employment, we were thankful that it was open for people that needed to get some stuff thankful in that way. We're going to go into the book of Luke. We're going to go into the second chapter. We're going to go way, 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 way down. I mean, we know about the birth of Christ and uh, Claire saying, spent time with my pogey. I think pogey means good looking, if I remember correctly. I always thought it meant husband, but I think it means good looking. Um, spent time with my pogey going food shopping. Now, in case you're wondering why I'm talking about that, if you don't know, Claire is uh, Filipino, so that is a Filipino term. Uh, of endearment for her dear, sweet, wonderful husband, and uh, so we're we're grateful with you uh, in in those ways. We know the story about the birth of Christ, and, and I mean we could go back and we could study that, but Christmas will come soon enough, and we'll 
we'll be um, we'll be going back and, and looking at the the birth of Christ and whatnot. Uh, I need to mention also something significant going on. I just just remembering this, um, and that is uh, Rosh Hashanah and uh, coming right up upon us, and uh, we we are we are there. Is that it, Rosh Hashanah? Yom Kippur. I got to go back and look at my notes again. But Jewish holidays. Look up Jewish holidays. Uh, you can Google Jew- Jewish holidays and see what is coming here in September. It's actually one of the most uh, significant times. Uh, no, Rosh Hashanah comes a little bit later. I think right now is Yom Kippur, uh, which is uh, thinking of the Day of Atonement, which is the highest of uh, Jewish holidays. Thinking of uh, the angel uh, protecting those um, who are uh, who were Jewish in the land of Egypt, and that they were protected. Uh, and so, why would we think about that as Christians? Well, because it informs us uh, in our faith as well. It's it's it is a biblical narrative, a biblical story. It reminds us precursor of the the one who would bring redemption through his blood, the one that brings protection through his blood, the ultimate sacrifice, the Lord Jesus. So uh, to think about that holiday coming up, maybe we'll spend a little bit more time tomorrow thinking about that. Christmas will come soon enough. Uh, and there's all kinds of opinions. I, I uh, talked about this last year uh, at length uh, as we got close to hol- close to the Christmas holidays. and. Um, just the, the fact that uh, there are some who don't believe we should practice Christmas and some who don't believe in trees and so on and so forth. We'll talk about that as we get closer to Christmas and what you ought to do uh, or not do or those types of things. Me, I still I still hold out. After having studied it, I still hold out. Celebrate. Celebrate Christmas. That's, that's where I land. We had someone in our home on Saturday night, I think it was Sunday night. Who who we talked about Christmas and and they're they're a, a popo about that and um, is very down on on the whole concept. And uh, I just want to say, but do you love Jesus? You'd be all negative, but do you love Christ? I mean, I I know some people that want to be so rhetorical about what they think about these things, but I want to ask them. But do you love Jesus? That that's the that's the big question. Would you celebrate Jesus? Well, yes, I'd celebrate Jesus. So anyway, I'm off on a little rabbit trail about Christmas. And uh, so, but there are those uh, who are believers that just so you know, who who uh, don't think that we ought to be celebrating Christmas as we do. Uh, and there should be maybe a different focus. And we all say Jesus is the reason for the season and things of that nature. Here it is, beginning September, we're already talking about Christmas Partly because to think about the Jewish holidays and what they represent, and, and you know, we are not told to celebrate Christmas. We're not told to celebrate the birth of Christ, as we are told to celebrate some of the Jewish holidays, or at least for the Jewish people to celebrate the Jewish holidays. God's festivals, they are called for the Jewish people. I'm not Jewish, but I look at the Jewish festivals as they would inform and inspire me in my relationship with Jesus. Um. Anyway, all of that comes out of the fact that we're not going to talk about the birth of Christ as we get into Luke 2, because if you look at the very top of it, it, it says these very words. Interesting. 
what I have on the screen is not the same as. Hmm. Wow. Luke. Oh, I know why. I've never had this before, folks, where my desktop capture isn't giving us the right passage, but that's okay. I'll, uh, I'll figure that out later. Uh, Luke chapter 2, we, we read about the uh, the birth of Jesus, but then you get much later down, um, much later down in the passage, it says, when Mary and Joseph had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. As the child grew and became strong, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. So that is Luke chapter 2, verse 40, that is saying this to us. The child grew, became strong, was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. We don't know much about the early years of Jesus. There, There is very, very little said, although as we think about the life of Christ, as we think about him, uh, uh, as we think about him, there there are nuggets that we can draw from, and Luke chapter two, uh, verse forty is certainly one of those verses that that we can look at and that we can think about, and um, it says, "And the child grew and became strong, was filled with wisdom, uh, and." With stature, uh, or this child grew and became strong, was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Later on, another verse we're going to look at, we'll talk about how he was uh, filled with, with stature. Hmm. Having very unique time here. Sorry, I'm getting myself distracted. The child grew, became strong, was filled with wisdom, with grace, uh, and the grace of God is upon him. So what do we learn about this? Uh, For us, if we're following after Christ, the necessity of us growing, us becoming strong, us being filled with wisdom, and us having the grace of God upon us. These were not things that were strictly and totally uh, unique to, to Jesus. These are things that are also intended for us that we as well uh, would be filled with wisdom, with stature. There, I fixed that. Uh, Verse 40, it says, are we becoming strong in our faith? Are we becoming strong in our life? Now, it could very well mean here in verse 40 that the child grew, became strong, was filled with wisdom, and and the grace of God was upon him. Uh, Could mean that he grew physically in stature, but there is also the aspects that he grew, and we'll look at this a little bit later. He grew uh, in wisdom, says here in the latter part of the verse, the second part of the verse. Uh, the child grew, became strong, was filled with wisdom. The grace of God was upon him, that we would grow becoming strong, that we would grow in wisdom, that we would grow in the grace of God, that we would share those things, um, those those commonalities with Jesus. Now, When we go down a little bit further in the passage, we'll get down to Luke chapter 2, verse 51 and 52. It says this, He went down to Nazareth with with them, was obedient to them. This is speaking of his parents. 
but his mother treasured all these things in his in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and men. To think about how Jesus grew, uh, to grow in wisdom. Are we growing in in biblical wisdom? Are we growing in stature? Now, now stature could be physical stature, uh, getting taller, getting bigger, you know, getting stronger, those types of things. But then there's also the stature of character that we are to grow in our character. So we grow in wisdom, we grow in stature. How do we grow in wisdom? Uh, we grow in wisdom by studying God's word. Now, here's something that we don't really know uh, in in our culture, but was true of Jewish culture. Uh, they had to be able to quote uh, the Torah, uh, so they were memorizing the Torah. So, so when it talks about uh, in Deuteronomy chapter six about talking about the scriptures with your children as you walk along the way to have them on on your foreheads to have them on your forehead uh on your forearms to have them uh, posted around your home parents were responsible to make sure that their children had memorized the torah so jesus would have been instructed in the memorization of the torah uh we struggle with that we, we struggle with memorizing a verse they had to memorize the entirety of the Torah. And what about us if we made application to our, our own lives in terms of focusing on memorizing Scripture, working Scripture into our lives, that we would that we would know the Scriptures fuller, that we would know the Scriptures more, uh, that we would be in a place where we would uh, really, truly uh, have it on the tip of our tongue. We can be that way, and one of the weaknesses, and I am part of the weakness, because what we've done is we've focused so much on the pastor and on preaching and on the message that way, and I'm a preacher, and I like to preach, I like to teach, um, but we need to focus it more on the table. We need to focus it more on on the uh, uh the recliner and on the couch and, and and to be talking in our homes, especially those who have small children, those those parents who are Christians who are saying, I want to raise my child up to walk with the Lord. Well, there needs to be a lot of scripture in the home and, and, and consistency as well. Sometimes one of the things that we see is, is the inconsistency where we're, uh, well, we're talking about the scripture, we're talking about church, we're talking about spiritual things, but but are we really applying ourselves as parents? Our kids need to see us apply ourselves as parents. Now, I just want to say there is no guarantee. I, I don't think there's a guarantee that our kids are going to stay on the straight and narrow. I don't think that there's a guarantee that our kids are, are going to necessarily continue to walk in the way. Um, I, I know many Christian parents that, that did their utmost to try to raise their kids to stay in the way, and they, they fell off the way. Now, sometimes I have to wonder what what befalls us as Christian parents, what would our kids point at and say, well, I'm not walking with the Lord because my dad or because my mom or because so on and so forth. They they did these different things and uh, they were inconsistent in their own walk. And how much could our own children maybe, uh, maybe point to us? Um, that's, that's one of the concerns. Uh, you know, and I have to ask as a pastor, where does the church folk, uh, fall into this? What do we do wrong in in the church, our church, or the, the big C church that would cause our kids to fall away? Um, 
Is it that we are just kind of lukewarm? Is that part of the problem that happens with our kids that we're just sort of lukewarm? And that is where they end up falling away. The verse that we're looking at here, and I'm going to put this up and do two things. I'll put the verse up, and then I also want to, I'm going to go grab my cup of coffee that I didn't grab. Uh, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature. Are we helping our kids to grow in wisdom? Are we ourselves growing in wisdom in such a way that uh, uh, our kids would see the wisdom of our own lives? And and now, just looking at some of the comments that are over here, um, you know, some praying for the kids, pray that our kids would love God. Don't don't pray that your kids would go to church. Pray that they would love Jesus. Pray that they would know the love of God. Uh, going to church is a part of that, but sometimes we set the bar low, just go to church, but we want to pray what the prayer is that, that is listed here, Claire saying this in our uh, in the comment section, praying for my kids to love God, that's what we need to pray, and then you start with us, do we love God, how, how how is our love for God, how, you know, I, I've been really hard on the men of our church, just the idea of, you know, do our wives see us on our knees, do our kids see us on our knees, do um, do, do they see us in prayer? Do they see our open Bibles? Do they see these types of things? Our, our families need to see these types of things uh, and, and to see the consistency. Now, if we ride our kids really, really hard, we can ride them right away from the faith. They need to see our humility. They need to see our faith. They need to see our confession. They need to hear our profession, uh, and they, they, they need to see our consistency. Those are things that our kids need to see. Uh, and saying here it's an answer to prayer that they're back to church, which is a great thing. But now it's incumbent on us to, to ask the question, you know, are we being what we need to be as a church to keep those kids in church and to help them be serious in, in their faith? And what can we do? What can we add? And Jacob is working hard uh, with, with the youth group, uh, trying to do the same thing with youth group. Uh, but how do we inflame the love for God uh, in our own homes? How do we inflame the love for God uh, among among friends? Uh, how do we uh, inflame the love for God in our spouse? Uh, you know, what, what do our families need to see in us? Now, all this is coming out of this verse, verse 52, Luke chapter 2, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, to grow in wisdom to get the word of God into life, to grow in stature, to grow in our character. But then also notice what it says. He grew in favor with God and men. Now, there will come a day where Jesus will no longer stand in a favorable uh, place with men because his message would, would be toxic to them. They would turn away from the message that Jesus uh, would declare. Uh and the world might turn away from the message that we might declare. But if we will live before Christ and if we will live before men in a way that demonstrates to them the sincerity of our faith, there will be people impacted by our love and by our faith. Now, there's much to this that, that we could talk about. Um, much we can talk about in terms of how do we live our how do we live our lives and things to evaluate one of the things that I'm working on is a retreat for pastors where we will evaluate areas we're going to evaluate our 
uh, our, our physical selves. How are we physically? We're going to evaluate our intellectual selves. How are we doing intellectually? We're going to evaluate the, the heart uh, aspects, the emotive aspects of our lives. We're going to evaluate the relational aspects of our lives. We're going to evaluate in, in five or six different areas, spend time looking at things. And part of coaching and part of this retreat is, and for all of us to ask ourselves the question, what do we do? I mean, I, I see people, I'm going to get that cup of coffee I talked about. I see people talking all the time about how tired they are, how weary they are. Sometimes I will talk that way, and yet, what do we do? We haven't learned to slow down. We haven't learned to take things off of our plates. We haven't learned how to come back and really, really seek to try to to walk with God in those ways. And some of this growing to be like Jesus means some things need to change. Um, what we think about needs to change. Uh, being living living favorably with with God and man, um, we're not living to please men. We're living to please God, and in living to please God, it will have an impact on men. I, I think that is that is a way that we can look at this and, and and think about this. Hey, grab that cup of coffee real fast. Let's let's just have a little sip together. Walter, our friend Walter Huss, saying this, my dad was the best example of a life lived for Christ every day. He lived his faith. And for us to live our faith uh, in that kind of way as well, that, that our kids would see it, that our spouses would see it, that it would just be evident in our homes, it would just be evident all around us. So for us to, to go back to this passage where it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men, I mean, how do we grow in our stature? How do we grow in our character? Um, how do we grow in favor with, with God and men? I I think Acts uh, chapter 2, late in the passage, gives some inkling as to things that we can do. And let me just look at this. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. So what do we do? We devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship. Um, that we are devoted to the church. It doesn't just say to having fellowship. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say they devote themselves to having uh, coffee and donuts. No, it says they devote themselves to the fellowship. The implication of that is the, the ecclesia, the, the gathering together. Uh, to the breaking of bread, in, in my estimation, that is talking about communion remembering the Lord's death as often as they did it until he comes, uh, and to prayer. And it says this, everyone was filled with awe and many wonders, miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. The idea that they were sharing with each other, there was there was a, this, this kindred love among them that others were able to see and go, what is it with you people anyway? And it was this kindred love of Christ. It says, selling their possessions and goods they gave to anyone as he had need. The idea of, of meeting each other's needs. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. 
Uh, so we see this idea of meeting together uh, on a regular basis. They broke, and in fact, for them, it wasn't just a regular basis. It was an everyday basis. I am not not necessarily proposing that we try to meet every day, but there was a, a more continual aspect of fellowship than just showing up in church on a Sunday morning where fellowship really doesn't happen that much anyway. Um, they, they met in other times. This is where I'm excited about this live uh, Walk Like Jesus study that's coming up. Uh, they broke bread in their homes. They ate together with glad and sincere hearts. And notice what it says, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. That, that is similar to what we read in Luke 2.52. They were, uh, because they were praising God, uh, they enjoyed God's favor. They enjoyed uh, the favor of the people. And it says the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. It doesn't say the Lord added to the number a few times a year those who were being saved. We, I mean, we get all excited when somebody came to faith this year. Well, what if we were to pray like and live like and work like and strive like so that people would um, so that people would uh, come to faith every every day. The Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved, that we would see that that experience, that we would have that experience, that we would pray toward that experience. Now, I realize it. Uh, the church was young. The church hadn't mucked up a bunch of stuff yet, as we have mucked things up uh, maybe in our day. Uh, but that we would return to this, that we'd pray for spiritual awakening, that we would pray for revival and things of that nature would happen. Um, we'd praise God in, in that type of a way. So what they do? They came together. They devote themselves to teaching. They devote themselves to the fellowship. They devote themselves to remembering Christ. They devoted themselves to prayer. And it says everyone was filled with awe. I mean, that we would be in a place where we're saying we want to be filled with awe. We can be as we walk with Christ, as we inspire, as we encourage each other in our walks with Christ. Well, friends, I'm going to stop there for today. We will come back tomorrow and look a little bit more of uh, lessons from the life of Jesus that's where we're going to camp for a little while here. Uh, we're, we're within the next few weeks. Groups, various groups, will be starting in the Walk Like Jesus study. Uh, I will make sure that I do one of those at least. That will be a Zoom type of opportunity. I know that uh, Don would like to participate. Uh, Priscilla will be going back to Virginia here before too long, and uh, we'd, we'd like the opportunity to be able to continue to inspire you in your faith. Lord, help us today. Help us today to walk with you. Uh, help us today to uh, love you more. Help us today to study to show ourselves approved. Help us today to, to live with you in such a way that people would see Christ in us. Lord, we pray for spiritual awakening. We, we pray for revival. Uh, we, we pray that we would see people regularly coming to faith in Christ. That is our prayer. Help us toward that end, we pray in Jesus' name. And as has been said, Lord, hear our prayer. Friends, that is a wrap for today. I will see you tomorrow. Have a fantastic day, everyone.